What's for lunch? T-double-B-L-C. Stay in your seat. What's for lunch today? Brown bag, brown bag. The Brown Bag Lunch Group. Welcome back, folks. This is TWBLC. We're coming at you with the eighth installment this week. We have a special guest and our international correspondent over in Dublin, Ireland. That's right. It's going to be Ryan right. Corey. That'll be midway through this. Uh, but first, let's unpack the bag, Drew. Let's get into our it's love of the week this week. We're switching off hate and love. Love of the week. You got to balance it out. Fair and balanced, as, as some would say. Yeah. Um, let's hear yours. My love of the week. I actually tweeted about it a mere couple hours ago. I'd have to first give credit to Mackenzie Quinn. Um, I know I've been on uh, been the fraud of the week a couple times now here. Um, I'm a target, but I'm going to be the bigger person and give him full credit of bringing this up on a previous show on his. The Paul Bears, the dancing Paul Bears, it is like nothing I have ever experienced in my life, both audibly and visually. Is audibly a word? Audibly? Audiobly? Yep. Audibly. Audibly. Not like nothing I have ever experienced in my entire life. Per my tweet, every time I see it, it's like seeing it for the first time, and I just feel like a jolt of electricity through my body when they start doing the dance, and then they get down and start doing like Irish step, like like they're almost sitting on the ground. And the whole time they're they have like perfect posture and are maintaining like you know that's no full, like that's integrity no of the casket. Coffin. Yeah, that's no light casket. Those things got some weight to them. Some would say. They do. And my thing is, like, I don't want people to jump down my throat. I'm not condoning, like, you know, death or, like, celebrating death or I don't think death's funny at all. I just, like, my thing is, like, I, there could be no body in there. Like, when I laugh at it and I feel like when I get, like, you know, pleasure from watching the video, yeah. it's not because I'm picturing a dead body in the casket. It's just, it's just the dance. So, like, in my mind, there's nobody in the casket. It's just a prop. I'll tell just you for what, everybody to know. any... Anybody that I know who who dies or that I went to like a funeral, grandmother, grandfather, if you have those guys oh my coming God. in, I mean, that's going to make you feel 10 times better. I want those guys on my casket. Imagine them kicking open the door at like our ladies or, or St. Anne's and just they, and the guy just, Mr. Miseraka just shuts off his, his piano and he just plugs in the electric dance music and yeah. these guys just start going to town down the aisle. I would be, oh my God, like... It's no longer a, you know, a solemn, sad t- type Occasion. of. It's yeah. more of a celebration at this point. It's like, oh my god, it, it's. I'm sure you've seen it. If you haven't, you have to look it up. It is. Whenever I see it, I just feel happy inside. I know that's weird, but it's my love of the week. I I will never stop watching it. I will never let it die. It's the greatest video of all time, and it's my love. Related casket ones, too. You got the guy who dances on the back of the trailer. Oh, oh on uh, the trailer on bed? On that flatbed. Yeah, that yeah. one's all time. And then you got. Oh, that's a big meme. You got uh, Undertaker coming up from the casket on ringside in WWE. Oh. So those are the, what the I relate times, that to. Oh, yeah. The amount of times that you and I have leveraged the Undertaker one when talking sports is, is all time. I feel like it's that for me, and then for you, it's the horse. I know we've talked about the, and yeah. talked about it in past episodes, but those are like the two that just epitomize a strong comeback, you know, like the awakening of the beast. 
Absolutely. And for my love of the week, I'm going to go with the number one Billboard country song right now. And it's a remake. It's not even, it's like two years old or something from Marin Morris. It's Bones. But the thing that vaulted her to the top here is she did the remake with Hozier, so it's a duet. My love of the week is more than one person singing, like a Lady Antebellum. Uh, oh, yeah. The guys, the British guys at the pub who are singing truly, oh, madly, yeah. deeply. Yeah. Anything you to do it. with more than one voice makes it sound much cooler. That's I my agree. love of the week. I love that. I love it. And like my one of my top favorites that has been for a while is... Um, shallow as soon as it comes on the radio i just blast it every time yeah it's the classic guy girl duet that's oh that's my just god phenomenal it hits in the feels as 100%. for our next segment drew let's talk about washing of the hands very relevant today i do it more than i've ever done it before and yeah it, it got brought up in conversation and in, in a couple of households i've been to i'm not one if i'm at home and this is truest honest integrity whatever yeah, you want to say that's what we're here for yeah hit me i'm giving you the facts that i do not wash my hands every time <laughs> i go pee at my house if i'm going out to a public restroom i'm washing my hands every time i go in and out of there because it's gross yeah. it's dirty whatever especially but now yeah in, if, in my home when. in my home yeah. that's just not happening with a well keep it cleaner on this one with a number two i'm gonna wash my hands every time but if you're talking the pee yeah. in the household, I think you'd find the majority of Americans do not wash their hands every time they go pee in their house. I would say 33.3% uh, of the time, or one-third, I believe those uh, convert to one another. 33% of the time, or one-third of the time, I probably do wash my hands when I go number one in my own home. Okay. The other times, I just... I have better things to do. Like, I, I don't mean to be gross. I can't be bothered. I have things to do. I need, I have places to go, people to see. If it's number two, yeah, because I don't like the idea of leaving a restroom and then you start thinking in the back of your head that there could be some, you know, uh, yeah, Remnants. exactly. Yeah, exactly. And then if, Spot you, on. if you're out in public, I don't want to say it's the pressure of somebody else being in the bathroom or possibly but walking it is. in. But no, it, but it is. It absolutely it is. is. You're thinking, it, I don't oh, want to yeah. be the guy who's known to not wash their hands in public. Like, so I don't do want to walk out of here and then the person, you know, leans into their significant other or friends and family and says, hey, that guy didn't wash his hands. Exactly. <laughs> it's that more than anything. It's yes. more than actually being hygienic. You know, that's what it is. 100%. Absolutely. And then some of the fixes you got to think about, um, the roommate mentioned it to me. She said, why do they ha make the bathroom doors all, what was it? Uh, it's usually a pull once you're inside to get out. So now you're touching the yeah. handle again, and you're getting all that bacteria on you, whereas normally to get in, it's a push. Whereas you want it the opposite. You want the germs on you before you go, and then you yeah, wash your I would hands, agree. and you maybe elbow or kick the door open, so now you're clean as, clean as a whistle. So here's my argument there. I'm in terms of like the actual architecture of Might typically a, a public bathroom, the way that the door, I feel like usually when I think of like a restaurant or bar bathroom, it's a narrow hallway. It's a smaller, you know, shared space with the two doors and opening those two doors that like, if, if two people were to, 
if a male and female were to open the doors at the same time, I think that might cause a bit of a fire hazard or just okay. an issue in general. So we got so to talk that, to the architects then. It's yes, like, we need to get, if anyone knows anything about this, I don't know if Wyatt does maybe. Ah, he's a civil engineer. It's different. Anyways, um, <laughs> I think that's what it is. But I totally agree that like, it's just not, it's a little bit wonky in that sense where yeah. like, it's, it's almost backwards with the, the germs spreading. Yes. We want to hear your opinion on this. And if you do wash your hands all the time, we're going to hold you to honesty on your own honor. Yeah. It's about honor. Hit us with a poll Tom on Brady. Insta. We'll toss it up there on Twitter. Uh, tell us what you think. See, We'll see what the real spread is. I don't think we'll get the truest of answers. but We won't. We'll, we'll we see. never will. We won't. I know we won't. People are too... People care way too much about their image. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we won't be able to see it, so it's an anonymous vote. That's true, too. Yeah. So you got that going for you. But let's yes, roll right into our special guest interview. It's the international correspondent from Dublin, Ireland, Ryan Corey, Drew's Fork friend. Fucking right. Fucking right, mate. Here we go. And now we are jumping right into our guest of the week. This is our first international guest, folks. Um, my friend who has been a very close friend of mine for about two years. Um, not so much geographically, but um, in soul and spirit. We met, uh, I think it was my senior year when I was interning abroad. Uh, I was a wee intern and he was a, I believe, a... Um, communications major at uh at our at our employer of choice it is ryan Corey, a ireland dublin specifically native um our, our international correspondent of this said pandemic um on mother's day no less as well we got him on um his baby mama let him out of the house to record so very exciting things how are you today ryan we're happy to have you on i'm very good happy to be here awesome now we can kind of jump right in a little bit to to what's kind of happening in our world today. Um, I know for the most part, our listeners are kind of going through a lot um, in the United States. We wanted to kind of talk about or hear from you a little bit about what you're experiencing, um, you know, internationally with this pandemic and quarantine and being, you know, residing in a bigger city. How has that been? And, um, you know, kind of talk us through what what you've experienced thus far. Well, for me, I've been working from home since the 13th of March, and there's just me and another guy in the house I live with. So I haven't been home, I think, to where I'm actually from and seen my parents since the 7th or 8th of March. Wow. And I will add as well that it's not Mother's Day here. We had our Mother's Day six weeks ago, so <laughs> I haven't been pulled away late. from anything for this. <laughs> A little late. Well, we're glad we could uh, we could catch you on this Sunday. Um, I know you're a huge sports fan. Uh, I remember we used to talk NFL football a little bit. Could you talk to us a little bit about what sports, um, I know we love talking sports on the podcast, you know, mostly United States. Can you talk to us a little bit about, you know, popular sports where you're from, you know, sports you played growing up or followed and how they might differ. I know, um, my kind of crew, when we were there, we went to a game, um, it's already escaping my mind naturally what it was. It's like lacrosse with paddles. I don't know, Ireland. but 
Hurling. Hurling, curling, whatever. Either way, talk us through your top sports, sports that you played and followed, because um, I'm sure they differ to what we, we kind of follow here. Okay, so the, the main two, we have our two national games. They're hurling and Gaelic football. So hurling, as you mentioned, is a bit like lacrosse, except it's with more of a wooden stick. This is the best way of describing it. Um, 15 v 15, a massive pitch. I think it's the fastest field game in the world, but uh, that would be the main one. Gaelic football then as well is kind of like mixture of regular soccer and rugby so you can pick the ball up into your hands and take a ball over the bar or under the bar uh, the third one then would probably be soccer it's fairly big here I think it's the highest participation sport we have obviously none of them are currently ongoing um, I think they're actually looking at probably just scrapping all of the seasons and we'll start again next year if we get the chance Drew, you should have known the hurling because they had a couple of games at Fenway, I believe. My brother ended up going to one down in Boston. They did. I remember now that you say that. Um, I just, I think I forgot the name. And to be honest with you, I know me and my dad were talking about going because after we went in Dublin that time, um, the next time at Fenway, we were eager to just catch it just because we semi understood the sport, you know, enough to where we could actually watch it and sort of understand what was going on. But um definitely i think it's just funny because that it, it's definitely fast paced it's sort of like lacrosse almost it's and it's a men's game i'll tell you that right now they, they don't joke around they're freaking slinging that ball around so i mean props to them and also props to i forget the um the stadium we were at ryan but i think i got a guinness for like under like probably 10 bucks there like um, if you go to any stadium in the United States, you're paying top dollar for a beer. It's absolutely banana land. Like you're paying nineteen, eighteen, nineteen bucks at like the TD Garden or Fenway car. So for a beer? Yeah, for like two beers. I oh two beers, okay. Well, no, for like two beers, yeah. And I'm saying like in terms of price, it's crazy. And it was just an absolutely electric atmosphere. We were screaming all the time. Had no idea what was going on. And we, so we had to keep asking the people behind us, and we just looked like absolute idiots. But um, moral of the story, sports, definitely different, and the drinks, a lot cheaper. So really no complaints when I was there. Um, as far as some favorite sports athletes, this is a item I would have wanted to ask you. Are you a Conor McGregor fan? We'll get into Rory McIlroy afterwards, but Conor McGregor seems like you could either hate him or love him. Conor McGregor, definitely not a fan. Oh, wow. Oh, 100% not. Even from the start, it was just... It wasn't my cup of tea. The whole fake Mr. Worldwide act he had going on. He was like a ginger-bearded pit bull. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, would, do you think that that's, uh, like, that act that he puts on, do you think that's sort of what the majority is thinking? Or are there some people who are just, you know, they adore him and love him and... I'm curious kind of what the split is or what the divide is among folks where you are. Considering his personal life antics and the the people who still defend him regardless, you would have to think that it is a bit of an act. Because I, I, would, I obviously don't know him personally, but <laughs> there's no way someone could act like that around the clock all the time. <laughs> I think that's what, like, drugs and alcohol are for and just getting beat to a pulp. 
physically over and over again. But it is funny because I remember um, that was one of like the first things that I would ask people, like if I met them, whether it was at work or out and about, like, what do you think of McGregor? Because I feel like it's just so the way that he's like portrayed on TV and stuff, like you said, is just like this worldwide celebrity. And then you see the commercials where like he, he has all the support in the world and he's wearing the flag into the ring and stuff. So it's definitely interesting to hear from like a, a native the way that he has kind of looked at. But um, but over here, most of our biggest names are all GA players and who outside of Ireland is going to know who they are. So when you have someone like McGregor, who's world known, he's going to be a talking point for people who have no idea about GA or Irish culture. And that's the first person you think of. It'll be him or a McElroy who is at the risk of angering someone. He's British, not Irish. Because um, <laughs> he's Northern Irish is what you're saying. He's Northern Irish, yeah. Okay. Oh, that's a whole, that's a whole, we could go on for days with that. Yeah, okay. that's, that's a different topic. But very <laughs> wide-ranging conversation. <laughs> Yeah, that's for sure. Um, it kind of switching or, or staying on topic with switching gears a little bit. I know um, in terms of like NFL and, you know, American sports, I think the NFL is probably one of the ones that you follow the most. And I know you mentioned being a, a fan of the Minnesota Vikings. I'm not sure if that's just because you're also a Lizzo fan um, or what kind of goes into that. But maybe just tell us a little bit about like why the Vikings. Is there some sort of connection there? And I know when I was there, it was the uh, the Patriots and the Eagles, and we were up till like 4 a.m. watching. So I really can't imagine doing that every week or like really tuning in with the time change. So why the Vikings? And then, you know, talk to us a little bit about how, like if you're tuning in regularly on Sundays, like what is that like with, with all the time changes? Like how do you juggle that? So initially it starts, I was around 12 or 13, so... I just I was always a bit of a night owl, so I'd stay up as late as possible and stay in bed as long as possible. So obviously Sky Sports had the NFL coverage and it just kind of fitted that there was no other live sport on at that time, so something to watch. Around the same time, I randomly got Madden for PlayStation for Christmas off someone. Never really had been following the game all that much. It was just from watching it late at night. Yeah started a franchise mode and was thrown into the Vikings and that was it. <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> that didn't that didn't exactly choose the Vikings for me. I didn't start following a team as such until a few years later and it was just they kept popping up in different places and I was like that's the team I keep seeing everywhere. So that's the one we go with. As far as an NFC team goes, they're probably one of my favorites. Kind of an underdog every year. I've yeah. loved Kirk Cousins since he was on the Redskins and then transferred over to the Vikings. I'm always pulling for Kirk. He never seems to pull it off late in the fourth quarters, but one of these times he's going to. Yeah, it's even for someone who's kind of struggling to follow NFL, considering my working hours and the hours that it's on, still one of the most heartbreaking sports moments in my life was that Blair Walsh kick against the Seahawks. Oh, my God. <laughs> a, a chip shot. To win, Literally. <laughs> oh, that was that ripped out Patriots hearts uh, too because or Patriots fans hearts. We despise the Seattle Seahawks ever since oh, the Super Bowl. Terrible, and we were we were pulling hard for the Vikes in that one as well. And they they still just Mike Zimmer is one of my coaches in the NFL that I want fired. Mike McCarthy was my original at Green Bay, and I think I'm all aboard the Mike Zimmer 
get him fired train because he is just terrible clock management plays the most conservative game in the nfl just trying not to lose i hate him well that might change now because the defense being ripped apart a little bit this summer yeah so they might is have it to... um xavier rhodes did he get i, th- I feel like gone, he got yeah. released or tra- yeah i mean it's crazy the turnover um I feel like they always consistently have a good defense, which keeps them in it, and then they have a bunch of skilled players. Obviously, I know Diggs is gone. I'm not sure if you had a favorite player, but, yeah, he's with the Bills now. So um, if and when we do have an NFL season, I feel like, like Curtis said, they're always kind of around as a contender. But, um, you know, last year was the first year I think teams really started to take them serious after they beat the – I believe it was the Saints in New Orleans. But, um, yeah, definitely – not not the worst team to pick. I'll tell you that. I'll tell you that much. There's, there's as you know, there's uh there's some worst teams out there. So solid pick. Um, in terms of actually watching it, I work for a newspaper on Sunday evenings. So from three o'clock our time to roughly eleven or half eleven, I'm in an office, but I'm working on the sports desk. So we have TVs and there's red zone on. So it starts here around six in the evening. Will be the morning games. So you get them from six to maybe ten, half nine, and from then half nine to about half eleven, I'll see them in the office. When I come home, I'll maybe watch the first half and disappear off to bed then because the seven o'clock start the next morning as well. Jeez, so that's it's, it's a bit awkward, but Thursday night and Monday night late kickoffs, you can forget about. Cool. Well, Curtis, I know you wanted to ask a specific or a I, more specific question. I, I know there's too. been some some rumblings and. A little bit of controversy around, you know, some events that took place when I was there, and Ryan seems to have a, a pretty strong opinion First on something. First-hand experience, so. some would say. Um, yeah, yeah, so we were back in the States at this point. Drew's over in Ireland living it up, and we, we get a few texts about how he just had a close end-of-life encounter, some would say. Uh, he got shot at in the streets of Dublin. Was it in Dublin? Or- yep. Okay, in yeah. Dublin. Um, yeah, right, right across he, the street from my school. He decided the next day, apparently, he didn't need to go into work. He could just go drink it up at a little, maybe a little PTSD from the event. Uh, let's hear the, the real story from you. He can be a little dramatic sometimes. So <laughs> the real story of what happened here is Drew was staying in Griffith College, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. staying there, which is close to the National Boxing Stadium in Ireland. And there is unofficial ties between some boxing circles and gang feuds ongoing in the country. So this night there was a boxing competition on. Drew and another friend of his that was doing the same intern program happened to be walking back past the boxing stadium when all hell broke loose and it was guns fired. Two boys hopped into a random garden just to get behind a wall out of the way and I think Drew's friend was caught on the arm or the wrist. Right in the wrist, in and out, as yeah. he was running away. So, that was that was a Friday or Saturday night. And yeah, I think it was a Saturday, Friday. Yeah, one of the, either a Friday or Saturday. But I had heard nothing about it until I went into work <laughs> Monday morning, and another girl who was working with us came up to me and was like, "Oh, did you hear about Drew and his friends? They were caught in the shooting on Friday night." I was like, "Oh, I saw." It news articles about a foreign student and some other Irish national someone was properly hurt in it and thought no more 
I thought, <laughs> okay, he's probably not going to be coming in today. So later on in the day, I was talking to someone else, and they said, oh, yeah, he's definitely not coming in. He's gone to visit his friend. So what Drew had forgotten was that he'd added two of us in the office on Snapchat. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the same girl who'd said to me that morning that that it was Drew and his friend who'd been caught in the crossfire between the, the two gangs came up to me and goes, did you see that cheeky fucker? I was wondering, like, what's going on here? So, <laughs> one Snapchat, went on Snapchat, I was flicking through a few stories. Next thing, D lost at 11, the story appears. He's at the Guinness storehouse up in the Liberty Bar or whatever it's called, stopping points. And the big gang of them around. No sign of the friend who was injured, who he was supposed to be visiting the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> so, so either he just didn't care or he'd forgotten that he'd added people that were in the office on Snapchat. But yeah, I had a great laugh. He, he probably either that or he could trust me not to say anything to anyone. Yeah, he was he was burning off some steam from the night before. A couple of the nerves pound a few Guinness. Do you bring any Guinness back to the buddy in the hospital, or you just let him let him go thirsty? No, we let him go thirsty, dude. We couldn't even. So his the craziest part about it is when like, and just to kind of rebut a little bit here, Ryan, so I don't get thrown into a grave. <laughs> we went to go visit him. They didn't let us in. Like there was a cop sitting outside of his room because so he naturally was you go to the Guinness store. <laughs> <laughs> it was right down the street we hadn't gone we couldn't get into the hospital we're like okay what else can we do like we're all off for the day okay that that is definitely a lie because i know you've been there at least twice before that <laughs> was that my i know i went there three times i don't know the order oh i've definitely been there before because i remember looking at it thinking that fucker i hadn't i'd never been there and i was like that fucker told us that we'd all go as a work kind of out and the younger people in the office decided, yeah, we'll go some evening. And uh, yeah, next thing I see you there on your day off to visit your wounded my, friend. My so, seventh time yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, like, so we actually went to go visit him. And the craziest thing was, um, like, we couldn't even get into his room to see him because there was a cop at the door because he was basically in, like, that makes witness sense. protection. Like, yeah. he, someone could have... Like, you don't want the gang it, whacking him. Exactly. Like, that's a that's a tough situation to be in. Um, and I mean, yeah, like some, I, I believe one of our friends or someone in our group, like dropped off a steak or something. I don't know the details, but we're not, we didn't, we weren't going to bring him a pint. We had a couple, we had a couple celebratory pints once his uh, wrist was healed up. Um, you know, we went down to, I know Ryan would always shit on us when we go to temple bar because you're paying top dollar and it's a tourist, you know, it's a tourist shop, but when you're there for three months, you got to go. So yeah, quite the, um, Definitely quite the experience, that's for sure. Um, thankfully, nobody was seriously injured, but we were just taking advantage of the time we had to, uh, you know, socially and mentally yeah. restore ourselves and, you know, maybe get a little buzz on, just enjoy our time together, you know? That's all it really was. There's no need to... I don't think you know, I ever saw you without a drink in your hand in Ireland, after hours anyway. I mean, yeah, like even at lunch, we did, uh, what did you call them? Liquid lunches where we would just, you know, suck them down and then get right back, get right back on the old keyboards for the rest of the day. So no I've, comment. I've had one, <laughs> one Irish Guinness in my life uh, on arrival to Shannon International Airport, and that was it. But it was delightful, way better than the stuff we get in the cans uh, in the States. That's for sure. Oh, definitely. Yeah. No doubt about it. It's a different story. Um once you go, once you go black, you can never go back. 
Um, it was what, our favorite place to go was the smallest pub in Dublin, which was close enough to our office. It's uh, you go in a tiny doorway that's hidden between two other shops and go down this dingy little staircase and just appear into this bar that is like someone's front room, literally. And yeah, and I'm tall enough, so I have to keep my head down a little bit and crouch inside in there but yeah there's there's a couple of ropey evenings in there too yeah that's for sure i think i think what he's uh, insinuating or hinting at is the time where we went um as a group after work one day or maybe you know cut out a little bit early went down there and curtis the place is it's literally the size of my room and the ceilings are half the size it's it is minuscule and i don't really know how to describe it the these guys, they can get a pace going. I'll just say that. Like they're doubling and tripling on me, and I'm just trying to, I'm trying to do whatever I can to keep up. And you're not the biggest drinker, I wouldn't call. I'm it. not the biggest drinker to begin with. And like heavy Guinness after a long day of work, they add up quick. It's like a full and let meal. me just tell you, lesson lesson learned. Full meal is an understatement. I was, I mean, it was a bad idea, and it. Just don't try to keep up with them. That's all I got to say. Anyone out there, if you go. I, I wasn't the issue. I was no better than you. It was the third person with us who set the standard. Yeah, yeah. And then you you naturally just kind of followed suit. And then I was just, I was shit out of luck at that point. That's the best <laughs> way I can describe it. Um, cool. Well, I don't know, Curtis, if you have any other specific questions. I think the one other thing we wanted to cover while we had you Um I know we talked a little bit off air about some slang and things like that. So are there any phrases or um, <laughs> words or anything like that that are relatively PG? You don't have to go crazy, but anything you'd, you'd like to teach the listeners hey, to we're use? Hey, we're an explicit podcast. You can give us the X-rated version. Yeah, exactly. I know slancha is cheers. I don't know if I said it right. Slancha, yeah. slanta. Slancha. Slancha. You know where I learned that? mcgregor's proper 12 commercials <laughs> i don't mean to twist the knife on your hatred but that's where i like i hear it every time and it's just ingrained into my brain but any other ones you want to share with us i don't know all, all i can really think of is the cringe ones that everyone would already know like what the usual ones like pull mahone or what i absolutely don't know that one what i don't even know what you just said <clears throat> pull mahone means kiss my arse Oh, pull my horn? Poke my horn. Poke my horn? <laughs> P-O-G-M-O-T-H-O-N. Poke my... Okay. Yeah. Poke my... One more time. Can you just Pog give it to us one more time? Poke my horn. Poke my horn. Yeah. Poke my horn. Kiss my behind. Yes. All right. Yeah. There's one. Probably, if we drag the conversation in a very bad direction, you probably hear me just naturally come out with different slang, but I, I don't think that's what your podcast wants. <laughs> we, we, we do appreciate that, but we'll, we'll stick with Slancha and poke my horn for now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and we'll leave it at that. Our international correspondent, we appreciate it. I know everybody loves the accents. We hope you're doing well. 
Um, and always a pleasure catching up. So thank you very much for hopping on. Yeah, with us once today. this once this NFL season kicks off, we got to get you back on, and hopefully the Vikings have a good start to the season, and you can be our correspondent for them. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing Kirk Cousins come up against Jordan Love in the first weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Troll job yeah, for Aaron Rodgers. All righty. Well, thank you very much, and uh, we appreciate it, and we'll we'll certainly be in touch when that time comes. Nice and nice. Thanks for having me on. Once again, we'd like to thank Ryan Corey. What a fantastic interview, a fantastic accent. I mean, I could listen to that guy talk all day long. I don't know about you, Drew. A hundred percent. Like it's like uh who's the like David Allen Boucher nighttime magic? Yeah, if Ryan just replaced him and kind of did that sweet whisper and that in that Irish tone. Oh my gosh, nothing like it. Absolutely. Now, let's dive into just the sports news. Uh, Over the weekend, we had some UFC events. I didn't watch any of it. Uh, I did see the highlights on Twitter. It was a bit odd with no crowd. I Like, watching the highlights, there was no, like, sound effects. You know, there's a knockout, the place is going wild. It was just kind of like a silence fell over the crowd. Yeah, that was so I know we kind of joked about maybe doing like a segment on like things that we like just things we heard because I know we both didn't watch it. So what I saw was like what you said, a lot of the highlights where, you know, the the announcers talking or, you know, the ringside, I don't know what you call the trainer was talking to him and it's just completely like you could hear a pin drop. Yeah, it's just really odd. Like there's no one anywhere. It's just a it's just very different. Uh, I saw a couple uh, pictures, and it looks like these guys just got absolutely ravaged. I don't know. I'll never truly understand why someone would want to put their body through that. It, it To me, it's just not worth it. I'd rather be homeless than get my brain absolutely pounded in every couple months. Like, I just don't see the value in it, really. Um, but some people find entertainment in it probably because they're gambling and they're they're itching to get their bets in after, you know, this whole quarantine. So, yeah. yeah, I will say no fan like having the actual event with no fans is way better than just canceling it because it gives people something to watch. Like you said, a lot of people something to gamble on. But they're talking about having the tennis French Open with no fans. People are making the argument that like it's just going to be weird. You're not going to be able to do it. Nobody wants to play like that. Same goes for all the arguments, the golf, basketball, whatever starts to reopen. Um, but I will be looking forward to the two small golf events that are going on. You got this Sunday uh, from 2 to 6 p.m. Eastern time down at Seminole Golf Club. You got Rory, DJ, Ricky Fowler, and Matt Wolf squaring off in a match for COVID relief funds sponsored by TaylorMade. That one's going to be on NBC. Uh, then the following Sunday, you're going to get the Tiger, Peyton Manning, Phil, and Tom Brady match and that one's going to be at three on tnt talk so, about frauds a couple of a couple of really great who's the frauds within that don't get i don't want to get the people going who's the frauds give us the frauds my first fraud in that group is tom brady oh okay you're gonna go this route we don't want to dive into that too deep uh drew's still a little sour from him leaving but we'll leave it at that i hope you know what? I'll say it. I hope it's an absolute annihilation. I've always secretly been a Tiger guy. I've always hated Peyton Manning. These last couple of months have been tough. 
and I hope that they take it out on my on my past love, Tom, because I'm not very pleased with them, as everybody knows. That pains me to hear that because you know I'm a billion percent in on Phil and Tom versus... Oh, I mean, it's your dream duo. I don't think it could get any more perfect for you. No. So it, bravo to you. I, I've seen this coming for probably two years now. They've been, you know, back and forth on Twitter between mm-hmm. the two praising each other, so I didn't think it was going to be any other type of partnership going on in this match. Uh, yep. But those are two events to look out for in the upcoming weeks. Uh, and then we'll see if what the strategy of attack is for tennis, if they're going to do the French open with no fans, mm. I say, do it. I want to see Rafa win his like hundredth French open in a row and tie Roger Federer for 20 grand slams. Uh, it'll be cool for me as a, as a tennis fan. And we'll see, yeah. we'll see how it turns out. Other than that, yeah. Drew, what do you my, got? my only last point just to finish this, wrap this segment up is, I think if you're one of those people who is going to, you know, bitch and moan about the fact that there's no fans and it's not going to be the same, stuff really hasn't been the same for three, four months now almost. And I'm at a point now where I would die to have NHL or NBA playoffs back with no fans regardless. I don't know how anybody can be that nitpicky when they've missed out on live sports for three months. I just, beggars can't be choosers. It's the highest caliber you can get for professional athletes. Like they're still doing their training during this off time. They they're at home gyms or wherever they were going to do it. The, the sports are going to be unbelievably good and there's going to be dramatics. No matter if there are fans there or not, you can just be the guy in your living room going absolutely insane while it happens. I know I will be. Oh my God. I, I said this last week, if, and when the Bruins return, I am going to literally scream my head off until it pops off of my body like i can't even describe the excitement built up in my body especially after last year it's just vengeance excitement like oh my god i don't even it would be they need to finish these seasons is all i have to say get it done get it done boys and if you're watching uh via youtube or anything you might be wondering what the hell are these guys wearing this week well it's inspired by Outer Banks, we both dove right into this Netflix series. Drew is about halfway through now. I have mm-hmm. wrapped up season one, and I'm waiting for the release of season two at some point. Drew, what are your thoughts? I love it. Um, similar, I know I described sort of how I started Tiger King in a past episode, sort of the same thing where I was not one of the first, um, you know, to really spearhead the uh, – I Sorry. guess a visual, visual, you know, digestion of the show, per se. Uh, a lot of memes on Twitter and Facebook, and you know, the TikToks and stuff. And at some point, I was like, "Well, you know, looks like I have to watch it." Um, and I did, and I do not regret it one bit. It is awesome through and through. I'm about halfway through, like you said. Um, first couple episodes are a little bit slower. I think you know, episode four and five have really taken off, and I'm, I'm completely hooked. Gotcha. And with that, we'll roll right into our ever-recurring Boy of the Week segment. We have a phone-in answer from Lizzie Luster, Drew's sister. Her Boy of the Week is going to be John B. from Outer Banks. Yeah, John B., an interesting choice. I think the choice for a lot of females. Um, he's the main squeeze right now. He's the main squeeze. He's the he's the go-to, obviously. I, it's a, it's an easy pick yeah, for the I women. Think, I think the harder pick here, and we're going to take it over John B. for our 
conjoined pick for Boy of the yeah, Week. Yeah, yeah, conjoined. Be, there you go. Uh, Team JJ, where JJ from Outer Banks, his real name, yeah. Rudy Pankow. I figured that one out. Um, Great name, by the yeah. way. Yeah, I mean, he's going to be my pick over John B because I think he's just for the boys more than 100%. John B is. Oh, yeah, uh, no doubt. A little bit of a, an edge to him, a little bit of the bad boy of the group. So Yeah, he's I, got everybody's back. He definitely has an edge, and he's without a doubt for the boys. Obviously, without spoiling anything – the, the writing is on the wall there with the way that he acts. So yeah, from the first it's episode very easy, on. It's very easy to root for him and be a fan of his. So yeah, hashtag Team JJ. Absolutely. Underdog story. We're taking JJ for our boy of the week. To wrap this eighth installment up, we're going to give you our quote of the week. This one comes from Dante Alighieri. It's a good one. It says... The darkest places in hell are reserved for those who maintain their neutrality in times of moral crisis. End quote. Pat from last year, play us What's up. What's the lunch? Stay in your seat. What's for lunch today? Sazits. Brown bag, brown bag. The Brown Bag Lunch Group.